0: Being a leader means people follow you. It, you can, it means you can sell an idea or a vision and help people see their role in that ideal or vision.
1: Being a leader means uh, not just managing your staff and, and people, but also how do you help them grow.
0: I have a little bit
2: different definition of leadership. I like to say that it's not my job to lead my team; it's really help my team grow and lead themselves.
3: Welcome to the Alum Talks podcast where we bring leaders together to talk about Black life, Black leadership, Black learning, and Black lifestyle. We are your ultimate lunch break. Good afternoon, good morning, good night. From wherever you're tuning in, this is Dorothy Enriquez, and we want to welcome you to the Alum Black History Month podcast. I have got three incredible powerhouses sitting here with me. You are not going to believe who's in the room. I know it's Rona. I know we're in quarantine, but we have all braved the elements during the polar vortex to bring this slamming, amazing, incredible leadership episode to you. So I've got Lauren Feaster, who is the CEO, the CEO, y'all, of Professional Dimensions. I know, right? I know what you're thinking. Incredible. I've got James Phelps here, too. He is the co-owner of JCP Construction with his two amazing brothers, so he is here to drop gems today. And last, but certainly not least, Shireen Horn. She is the vice president of Well Community. These ladies and gentlemen are here to bring the magic, bring the pain, bring all the gems, the stories, and the experiences Get your notebooks ready, get your pens ready, and let's jump in. Thank you all so much for being here. Thank look you a- for having us. Yes, here. yes, <laughs> these yes. smiles underneath these masks. I see the eyes lighting up. I'm here for it. So look, we said that this was going to be a leadership episode. So I want to hear from each of you. This is a two-part question. What does it mean to be a leader? And how do you define leadership?
0: I have a really short answer, so I, I can kick us off.
3: Yes, let's go, Lauren. <laughs> okay,
0: I think that being a leader means people follow you. It, you can, it means you can sell an idea or a vision and help people see their role in that ideal or vision. And then the the, the part that I would add around how you define leadership, there's a, there's a piece around what cost you can do, at what cost you can do those things. And I think mm. that that's the part that is overlooked. Sometimes we call that character um, or moral responsibility, but... I do think it's possible to be a leader without those. And I would say, as we're thinking about Milwaukee, what does it mean to think about those intentionally as we define leadership?
3: So good, so good. Getting folks to follow you and thinking about the cost. There's always a price in everything that we do. Mm-hmm. What, about, what about you, James Shireen? What does it mean to be a leader and how do you define leadership?
1: Well, to me, being a leader means uh, not just managing your staff and and people, but also how do you help them grow so that ultimately, whether they stay inside your organization or go elsewhere, they're able to lead and grow with others as well. So it's kind of giving people the tools that they need in order to be as great as they are uh, or can be, reach their full potential.
3: That Mm -hmm. is brilliance. I hope you all are taking notes. Listen, one of my gal pals, Sarah Noble, always says, your leadership is portable. And so in what James is saying, he's not being selfish with building up his folks, you know, because at the end of the day, sometimes leaders think, oh, I'm not going to develop them because, well, what if I spend all this money and then they leave? Yes, but what if they stay friends? And here's the thing ultimately, we want to make the world a better place with incredible leaders. And so it's always worth it to invest in your team. I love that. I love that you want to make people the best that they can be because then they're going to come to work super engaged, knowing that the folks at the top genuinely care about them, their success, and their ability to contribute to the organization. Mm, So good. Yeah, I love
2: that, uh, James, you shared that perspective because that's always. Um, A challenge sometimes in large groups is to get other leaders to see that you need to grow your team. It's it's a a sign of progression when Mm -hmm. we get people to a point where they can leave, either leave our organization and do other great things or stay on and take on new leadership roles. I have a little bit different definition of leadership. I like to say that it's not my job to lead my team. It's really help my team grow and lead themselves. Um, So whatever our shared vision is to encourage them to find ways to how do we grow and get to that? And not just me taking them by the hand and pulling them along, but letting them be inspired, find those ideas, find ways to move forward.
3: I love that. No, that is so good. All of these perspectives are so good because they add so much value because leadership itself is dynamic. But in every single response, you know what I heard from each of you? Leadership is influence. And When you're thinking of it like that, it's like, okay, how do I use my influence? How do I use my background, my story, my experiences, my strengths, my gifts, my talents to pour into the team so that they can then lead themselves and then lead others? Because leadership begins with us, right? Mm -hmm. How do I lead myself? Because truly, you kind of can't control other people. So how do I demonstrate by example And so that makes me think of this idea of like leading yourself. Sometimes we have to learn a lot of hard lessons along the way. We have to, you know, hit our head. And I think that's what makes many leaders that we look up to incredible because it's not a straight line. It's up and down like a roller coaster or like, you know, that heart monitor machine when you're making sure that people are still alive. I think sometimes that's how our leadership journey looks. But when I think about hard lessons, I want to know from each of you, what is the hardest lesson that you think you've ever had to learn as a leader? Oh, I'm, I'm, I would love to speak to that. Yes, Shireen, let's hear it. Um,
2: I think for me, looking at my team and finding what their individual strengths are. hmm. It's one thing for you to say, well, here's where we have to get. And I need you to do this and you to do this and you do that. That's dictatorship where we just tell people what they need to do. But to be able to look at my team, know what their strengths are, know that this person is really good with people. So that's where I want her focus at. Mm -hmm. This other person is really good with projects. So she can be my project lead. That took a while to learn as a leader. but has been one of the most beneficial lessons I've learned.
3: Nice. So what made it hard in the beginning, though?
2: I think being willing to step outside of myself. Mm. So not in my head, I have a plan and I have um, ideals on how we can enact that and, and move forward. But it really takes a good leader to step back and say, OK, all that's great. But who fits and where do I pull their strengths from? Mm-hmm. And that has been the most successful. I have great teams that I worked with and I work with. And I think that that is the success of it is knowing what an inv- individual strength is and utilizing that for our team.
3: That's really good. And let me tell you why. I think as leaders, sometimes it's very easy early in our leadership journey to dictate. You know what I mean? Like It's like, man, there's so much to be done. And if it doesn't go well, it's going to fall on me. And so I need to make sure that people do exactly what I need them to do. Yes. But to gain confidence as a leader and then say, you know what, How can I position folks to bloom where planted? How can I position folks so that they are so engaged, they're literally asking, what more can I do? How can I set them up so that they don't have major Sunday blues? Because they know they get to come to work and kill it. That's right. Yeah. Shine shine in their skill set. Yeah, girl, let me tell you. (laughs) First of all, you need a podcast (laughs) to talk about how people can shine in their skill set. Because so often... We don't get to do that. No. Do you know how many folks across the United States don't like their job? And I think part of that is because they don't get to shine in their skill set. So good. So good. We've got two more folks, though. What is the hardest lesson you've had to learn as a leader?
1: I would say that my hardest lesson is to stay the course. Sometimes things don't go necessarily as planned, and it's easy to revert back to managing versus leading. Um, and I'm guilty of that sometimes myself, but it's always trying to stay the course and in investing that time that's needed because there's going to be mistakes along the way just to be able to have them perfect their craft or whatever that that, op, that objective is that they are in the process of perfecting. It's sometimes trusting the process. Uh, it's sometimes giving additional help where needed, but at the same time, not being as hands-on as you might want to be in order for them to kind of come into themselves.
3: Okay. No, I'm liking this. So let me ask a follow-up question, James. Can you think of a specific story where you didn't want to stay the course? What happened?
1: Well, it worked out in my favor, Uh, but that's not necessarily what you probably want to hear because (laughs) (laughs) at the end of the day, I jumped in, right, in order to kind of make sure that the objective was successful. But Long-term, I lost because it was an opportunity for them to be able to progress. But by me jumping in, another opportunity like that had to come back around for me to stay the course that time around. So short-term gain, long-term loss were just needed to invest that time that was needed in order for them to be successful.
3: Okay. So has there ever been a time where... Because you've learned to stay the course. Has there ever been a time where you didn't stay the course?
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm a work in progress, so I can't say that I'm an A1 leader. Uh, I, I try my best and I, I don't always succeed. I'm a work in progress the same way, you know, those that are my re- direct reports are a work in progress as well. So we're all on that journey together is the way I kind of look at it.
3: Got it. Thank you. Lauren, yes. hardest lesson <laughs> ever. Yeah, I would I would actually
0: build on what James was just mentioning around the work in progress piece. I think there's something to embrace there around really understanding leadership as a journey and not a destination and really understanding that you can be appointed to leadership, you know, by role or title as well. And, you know, like leadership can show up in different places and that responsibility that comes with that. I think that there are, People that will say, you know, I didn't ask to be, you know, I didn't ask to make these decisions or, you know, I kind of focused on myself and got to where I'm at. Right. I didn't want to be a leader, but it's like you are. Mm -hmm. And so because you have that responsibility and you have that influence and you have that audience, whether you recruited them personally or intentionally or not, what you have to think about your responsibility. And I think um, when you think about a world that was created, I should say our nation that was created in a lot of crooked ways, (laughs) you have to you have to think about what it means to be when you're, when you're elevated and you're seen as successful in that type of world. It means that you have benefited from some of those systems that have been designed to kind of oppress or marginalize people. And because of that, it's not a judgment, but because of that, you should have a certain responsibility um, when you step into those roles or when you're called to lead. And so I think really that's been hard. That, and hard is strong is a, a strong word but like that's been something that i'm constantly wrestling with and to james's point too about saying he's not a great leader i think that is the that is evidence that you are is the fact that you're constantly reflecting on if you are or you're not and so just that that reflective journey of mm-hmm. leadership is important
3: that's wonderful yeah no that is That's good. I want to dive a little deeper, though. So as you think about the opportunities that someone might get, someone else might get passed up because of the way that our system is set up. It's set up based on, you know, who gets access, who has status, who gets privilege. Are there times in your own leadership journey where you felt like you were denied access for one reason or another Or you obtained status for one reason or another that would allow you to propel forward or hold you back. Any stories that come to mind in that area?
2: I have one. So I I work for a large healthcare organization and I've been there for a while. I've been there for almost 20 years now. And I think it took and I guess this kind of leads into that next question, if you could get one do over in life. But I learned um, throughout my 20 years that I have to have the confidence that I can. And that there is no position that's above me, Mm -hmm, that any mm -hmm, position mm -hmm. that I want or desire is mine if I want it. Um, I wish I had learned that 20 years ago. You know, I think it took me a while to grow into myself. And as a professional, as a leader, um, I wish I had walked in the door with some of those skill sets.
3: You know, sometimes they say like youth is wasted on the young, right? And then it's (laughs) as we are looking over our careers, you think to yourself, Wow. What could I have done differently if I had the aptitude or Mm -hmm. the confidence or the competence to do and to show up and to be and to really sit in and rest? I mean, as you all think about when you first became leaders versus how you lead now, it probably looks very different.
1: Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Right? Because in the
3: Mm -hmm. beginning, Mm -hmm. we're trying to find our sea legs. In the beginning, we're young. Um, Sometimes we look younger than we are because, you know, good black don't crack. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so you're trying to essentially prove yourself, but it ends up impacting your leadership style in adverse ways at times. Mm -hmm. Right? I see. I know y'all aren't here. You're listening in. But (laughs) I see a lot of head nods. Yes. Yes. So any stories coming about as far as how you used to lead when you first started finding yourself in these leadership roles compared to now?
1: Yeah, I'd like to speak on that. I would say when I first started, I was more of a manager, meaning that I kind of told people what to do mm-hmm. and then kind of met- measured it off of what the success of that was without having real emotional IQ about what, what speaks to them and kind yeah. of doing more listening. So that's something that through a coach, I was able to kind of understand a little bit better and understand that, wow, if I had known that say 10 plus years ago, how much further along would I be better late than never? But at the same time, that's something that has stuck with me as far as the difference between managing and leading even, right? Cause to mm-hmm. me, they kind of were synonymous at first, um, but yeah. understanding what that difference is.
3: Yeah, that's good. I love that. I mean, cause I think that, you know, when we're leading, we are tapping into attributes and characteristics that really speak to the vision, Mm -hmm. right? And getting people fired up and making that vision so plain that they can see it, they Mm -hmm. can taste it, and then they can chase after it with some level of intensity. But when we're managing oftentimes we're looking at, like, efficiencies mm-hmm. and effectiveness, yeah. right? How right. can we make sure that the work gets done? And to James's point, those two things look very different. Anyone else, though? Stories that kind of come to mind from back in the day to now. <laughs> I don't know about
0: back in the day, but
3: <laughs> I, I would say I,
0: I identify with what with what was shared around managing to, like, more inspirational leadership, but mm-hmm. also um, – you have a different perspective the more time that you're around yeah. and you're, and I, I would say that there's a shift in like kind of the idealism <laughs> or optimism, not in a negative way, but mm-hmm. you're, you're, you experience more things that kind of shape your larger vision. I feel like I had less of a, less of a, maybe my vision was more direct to like my direct service versus mm-hmm. like n- now I'm thinking, you know, city of Milwaukee, like our state, our nation and what that means because you have so many more inputs that are informing your decision. But what I do think is important is, is to remember that there was a perspective that was valuable in being naive as well. And I think sometimes we brush past that, like you really need to lean into the power of being new and being young and surface those, um, ideas and those, um, those, those positions that you have and not lose sight of those because it's easy to, with the more you gain to forget about forget about that and so i'd say i've grown as a more aware leader and my vision is more informed by by more experiences and so that's changed kind of the way that i lead folks too across the range of age experience etc so good i
3: I hope i told y'all notebooks (laughs) and pens so i hope you're ready and prepped okay Last, but certainly not least, Shireen, how has leadership changed and transformed?
2: I remember early in my leadership career and something you said, Lauren, kind of sparked that in me, that it was mostly about what I needed to get done. Mm. So I spent a lot of time thinking about task oriented things, the day to day operations. I did not early in my leadership career at all think about growing others. Um, mm-hmm. or the potential influence that my current role could have on others, mm-hmm. um, or mentorship, mm-hmm. where, you know, it's like I went from this little narrow view of what being a leader, manager was, to thinking much more global. Yeah. Um, even from our community perspective, when I make decisions now, it's not just about the building that I work in, or the people that I'm taking care of in that space. It's about the impact that I can have on our community. Right. Um, so I think as a leader, Just watching my lens get wider and wider and wider so from how i can influence the people that i directly work with i don't care if it's the housekeeping staff or the cna that i'm working with to also how can i impact my community on a larger
3: scale so look this is making me have another idea i have another question shireen thank you for that so i heard something from each of you Initially, when we start off and we're young and we're spry, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, We're very focused almost inward, and then sometimes our viewpoint is almost tunnel vision. Well, so this is my job as a leader, and this is what I want to impact right now. But it sounds like as each of you grew in your leadership capacity, you started to take on a bigger view that goes outside of you, outside of your people, and it starts to go into the community, then into the larger city, and then into the state, and then past that and beyond. So that makes me think of the fact that each of us is black and being a black leader in Milwaukee, in Wisconsin, and in the United States probably has some sort of impact on how we show up. Any thoughts that you would want to offer to anyone listening who is leading from every seat they sit in and they are black, especially during now Black History Month? What have you got to share what wisdom can you impart when it comes to being black and being a leader, not just in Milwaukee, but in the United States?
1: I'll go first. Yes. Uh, I, I think it's – answer that in two different sections. One would be just be, uh, be authentic, right? Meaning that – Yes. At the end of the day, you are a black male. You are who you are. Well, I am a black male, I should say. You are a black person. So not trying to see that as something to not um, – Say it. I'm just trying to figure out how to say it in a nice way. Basically, <laughs> sometimes I used to feel that I would make people uncomfortable just by being in the room and I would kind of like cold switch or whatnot else in order to kind of make other people feel comfortable. Right. As opposed mm-hmm. to kind of being as authentic yeah. as possible. And I guess being my natural self, not going out of my way to offend anybody. But if there are conversations that need to be said, they need to be said um, in, a, in a diplomatic and a very cordial fashion. Um, as opposed to saying, "Oh, I don't want to be the angry black guy," right, and then cowering mm-hmm. away from a conversation. But right. conversation needs to be had; it needs to be had um, as long as it's done in a, in a respectable manner.
3: I mean, mm-hmm. I'm ready to mm-hmm. take a lap uh, because absolutely, <laughs> right. And I, I think that it takes some time for us to start feeling like, "Look, this is this is what it is. This is who I am, and I can't, I can't apologize for that, right? right. I cannot shrink." to make someone else feel comfortable. Right. I'm tired of making myself digestible. You can just choke. I mean, I don't understand. Like and, what? And the,
1: the second part of that I would say is just making sure that you do show up, right? You know, yeah. at the end of the day, yeah. I feel that I get scrutinized more just mm-hmm. by fact of being a black male, and especially in my industry. Mm-hmm. So it's just making sure that we show mm-hmm. up and show out so that there's no, so that the brand is like intact and there's no reason for anybody to question. What we do and how we go about doing it that Mm -hmm. show
3: up and show out. Yes. Black History Month come through. (laughs) I hope you all have your notebooks. I am not playing. These (laughs) these leaders did not come to play. They've got all the gems for you today. What else we got? Can
2: I just add to that? I think, um, James, that's a great uh, philosophy and way to to move forward. And it's something that as I do mentorship with other young African-American individuals, That's a teaching point, Mm -hmm. you know, that when you walk in the room, I put that on my list. You know, when I walk in the room, the first thing people are going to see is black. Yeah. Everything else comes secondary. It doesn't Mm -hmm. matter what title I carry. It doesn't matter how many degrees I get or how many initials I have behind my name. The Mm -hmm. first thing they see is me when I show up. Yes. And so how I do that is important. Um, So being prepared for meetings, even if I'm not leading the meeting, being prepared for the meeting you know, don't walk in not knowing even what the topic is today. (laughs) I I always feel as though I am hyper sensitive to being black, um, especially as a black leader. Mm -hmm. Um, So part of my desire to go back to school and get more degrees isn't because I can't do my job without them, but because it validates who I am and what I bring to the table.
3: Yeah, that is good. That's Mm -hmm. legit. I I love to hear it. And I, I love that you take time with your schedule to mentor young people and let them see what it looks like to ascend into some of the highest ranks possible. Because like I said, as, as a little kid, as a young girl, as a young woman, I, I just didn't have the opportunity to see that. And so I only saw it on television and it felt less attainable. So folks, young people being able to see someone like you and be able to call you mentor, call you teacher, call you coach. It's super impactful. Last but not least, (laughs) let's go. I love it. We we
0: have a rich, rich history of excellence. And I Mm -hmm. think that that's what we should feel proud about carrying with us whenever we're in a space, in a room. And I almost see it as like, You know, like if you were a part of a membership organization or a graduate of a prestigious organization or university, the same way that you see that pop up on there, that's the type of camaraderie and loyalty and support that I think we should always have. And so being able to say, because we are Black, because we share this particular identity, and we're not a monolith, obviously, we share a lot of different perspectives and beliefs, Mm -hmm. but because we share this identity, that means that that one— we've navigated this world and made it to this point that that's that that means a lot and and not ever not ever underestimating the importance of that it it might not look like a a degree or a letter behind your name right now but it is it really is it could be more um the fact that you survived and got to where you are as a black person in the united states period like hard stop right there and then i think second um We we've we've learned in kind of our assimilation to not be in community to community the way that I think we should be. Uh And that's and and I think sometimes we see that you'll hear in different spaces. People talk about maybe gatekeeping or I feel uncomfortable about doing this or doing that. But as a black person you get priority in my book, you know, in my book, yes. like you get to jump the line because we are a part of a shared identity and we're in this together. And I think to the points that you all have been bringing up about knowing each other's strengths, like we need, we need that for our, for our companies and for the work that we're doing. But we also got to be able to see that in ourselves, which is why I think ALAM, is so important and has so much potential because it's a place it's like our it's our union it's mm-hmm. our place you know yep. it's, our, it's, it's a it's a place BSU. to go right it's our place to go when we're having you know whatever challenges that we're having off in our corporate corporations or in our entrepreneurship like we we got to have somewhere to come and and realize that this is happening in all sectors mm-hmm. in in all places and spaces and we have to be able to lean on each other and just say hey this is what I'm going through and I and I do know that you Probably have shared a part of that experience or know someone very closely that has that I can be a part of versus being versus, you know, just centering on maybe what we've been taught, which is like go hard, be excellent and all that, which is important, but mm-hmm. also not by yourself, you know, that. and that's, that's, I think, important about being black. We can see it right away. Listen, <laughs> We're part of a club. Right.
3: You're my people. <laughs>
0: right. the camaraderie. Yeah.
3: Yes. We're all in the cool yeah. kids club. I right. love that. I love it. No, I mean, these are just such great call outs. And, you know, if I wasn't hosting, I would be taking notes. So I'm going to have to listen to the replay and get my notebook and my pen. (laughs) So this leads me to another question that I have, because it is Black History Month. And because each of you is in such an influential leadership role, I want to know, do you think Black history hits different because of... You know, the powerful roles that you're in, do you feel like it's more impactful as you kind of wake up, get ready in the morning, look in the mirror and say, you know, I got the juice now. How does Black History Month feel when you're in these influential roles?
2: I think um, for myself, I love the fact that I'm able to bring Black history to the table. Mm -hmm. It's part of my reflections. We have meetings and we have to have a reflection and a safety story. I'm going to incorporate Black History Month every single day of the month.
3: Yes, um,
2: and and remind my team that diversity, equity, and inclusion is part of what we do. It's part of our mission yeah. um, that my healthcare organization has stood on, and therefore, I'm going to flood you this month with an opportunity to be educated. So,
3: yes, Amen. for the flood, get your life jacket. That's right. What? Yes, I. Love that. And I I was like, I hope that this is the case because this is our opportunity. I love it. Thank you so much for that, Shereen. Lauren, James, does Black History Month hit differently now that you're in these influential roles?
0: Yeah. Again, it just makes me more reflective of the leaders that have come to pave the way for me. And I think that it's always at a minimum a time for reflection personally um, on what we've overcome and what we have the power to do. Um, Because it's often a time where people are being educated about black culture Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of just like information sharing during Mm -hmm. the month. It really makes me think about our education system and what, what we all have to do from our various seats to really make sure that black kids are learning and have access to really quality education because so much of this stuff is sometimes their first time learning about it during black history month and that's just that's just like it's unacceptable on so many levels and and i'm saying that as a because i'm a leader i have a responsibility in that too so always thinking about you know, the fact that our education system is not just on our, it's not just on our educators. There's the policies, there's the um, way that money is flowing and the way that we're allowing it to flow. And, mm-hmm. you know, the way that we're using our voice as leaders um, to me, I, I really associate education with liberation. Black History Month is a celebration of liberation. And so just really trying to challenge myself to dig deeper into what I can be doing But I think that so much of that starts in in our education system. And so that's something at least I can, you know, try to center on, um, especially during Black History Month.
3: Oh, my goodness. Yes. Because Mm -hmm. I think that sometimes, you know, growing up in the United States, to your point, Lauren, that's literally the only time that we have to learn about black history and to be able to understand that the history doesn't start with slavery. We were kings and queens. (laughs) And making sure that our children and the next generation of leaders are leading from that place of knowing Mm -hmm. who you truly are. You are of a royal bloodline. And anyone who's here who is American, there is power in your blood because you made it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like how strong does your bloodline have to be for you to be able to sit here right now free to say what you want to say, to impact how you want to impact, to lead powerfully and to lead in a congruent, authentic way that shows strength, that shows power. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. being able to take time through all of the different efforts that each of you puts in to make sure that you're educating those who look just like us so that they know it it doesn't start with nonsense and crookedness it starts with peace it starts with power it starts with a royal lineage like that's that's a one mm-hmm. that's that's incredible all right How does Black History Month hit? How does it hit? James, you're the last
1: one. Well, I would say two things on that. Uh, To Lauren's point, as far as the education goes, it's kind of, in my opinion, kind of unfortunate that it's only 28 days that it's focused on, right?
3: I know. What's the longest month?
1: Right. What does that say by having Black History Month? That The other eight months out of the school year is going to be regular White History Month, right? You know, so the fact that <laughs> it almost becomes a de facto human. position on that, which I think is, if it was done correctly and that education was doing their job as a whole, it, it's something that's incorporated throughout the whole year, mm-hmm. along with a more Eurocentric form of history. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. as a leader, I would say that um, it's always a good time to kind of point out those. Uh, it is that month where you're able to point out different, uh, whether it's inventors or people who've done things before, and you know the shoulders of those before us that allow us to do what we're doing today. So at the very least, there is that benefit to that. Um, But there's more to be done so that it's not just kind of condensed down into the shortest month of the school year.
3: I know. No, that is so true. There is more to be done. And so that that actually brings to mind another question around this idea of stepping up. So I know each one of us wants to continue to step up, step up our game, really challenge and push ourselves to make sure that not only – Are we building capacity as leaders, but that we were building up others and building up the next generation? But in the spirit of stepping up, though, a question that I have for you all is, do you remember a time in your leadership journey where you should have stepped up to lead, but you didn't? What held you back from stepping up and leading?
2: I can share um, that there I I have felt that there were times in my career where I stepped back versus Mm -hmm. stepping up. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of that has to do with my support team. You know, so who's there supporting me? Who's already got buy into the same ideas that I have? Or do I need to wait my one up out? Because I tell people that all the time. I'm not going anywhere. I love the work that I'm doing. Mm. I've had poor leaders in the past, and I've also had phenomenal ones. So if I haven't always felt supported, that might be a time where I stepped back and didn't step up to lead the way I could have. Mm-hmm. But part of that's part of your learning, you know, is that now I know how to tackle those leaders versus stepping back. I know how to engage
3: right. and
2: get buy in. I mean, because that's what it's ultimately about. If we're not seeing eye to eye, it means I need to find a way to convince you to see it my way or I need to learn more about what it is you're doing in, in order to follow you. So that's just one example that I can share.
3: I love that. And something powerful. I don't know if you all caught that, but Shireen said, I need to try to figure out how to get you to see it my way or Mm -hmm. learn more about you so that I can follow you. Mm -hmm. Just because you are a leader, friends, it doesn't mean that you'll never follow. Right? Yes. Right?
1: I was kind of, to Shireen's point, you know, sometimes you're, there's other people who are better equipped right mm-hmm. especially like say in a board setting or whatnot else where you might have something to bring to the table and sometimes your job is to support who might be better suited for yeah. being able to push an agenda yeah. forwards right so um but sometimes that's not the case right where it's like uh, early on in my career um i didn't step up to lead thinking that someone else was better equipped but then mm-hmm. saw how that was handled and it was kind of like oh well they had it like this I next time I got that. this, right? Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> For sure. So good. Yeah,
0: that's right. I agree. Shireen and James, that's spot on. I, when I first read this question, I was like, no, you know, no, I don't think that there's a time where I didn't. And also, like, don't, you know people will reframe the work that they need to be doing themselves as a leadership opportunity for you. Um, I don't know, Ooh. you know, and I'm yeah. like, am I getting paid for this leadership opportunity to educate you all? Or, you know, you know, I think that that happens. I'm speaking like specifically to black people with this, yes. with this comment. Um But, but, you know, I, you choosing your battles um That's and right. choosing, choosing your piece and your learning in different moments and having that, not letting yourself fall into the trap of framing that as like, you're not leading because you have to really think about the investment, the (laughs) The investment in yourself as leadership, um, in some moments. And sometimes that's not like you said, that's not your battle strategically. That's not your battle. And also emotionally and mentally, that's not your battle. And Mm -hmm. you've maybe done more for yourself and stepping aside on that one and leading differently versus not leading. Yes.
3: Ooh. Mm-hmm. Any other things that you want to lift up to all of Lauren's gems? She speaks <laughs> the truth in Black History Month.
1: I'm not following up with that. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. We're <laughs> They're totally like, not no, there. no. She's got it covered. She's yep. got it covered.
3: Yep. Okay. So now this, this was a perfect tee up into this next question for each of you. Do you think your Blackness has had an impact on your leadership? If so... How? 100%. Because right? my blackness
2: is who I am. Mm-hmm.
3: That mm-hmm. That's And
2: I can't take that off. I can't put that aside. Me neither. Everywhere I walk, that's who I am. Yeah. And luckily, the older I've gotten, the more proud I am mm-hmm. to walk mm-hmm. in that walk. Mm-hmm. Um, so absolutely, my blackness influences it. I've had to say to some individuals that aren't black sometimes, you know, right now, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm kind of being triggered. So we're going to pause this conversation and we'll pick it back up in a moment. Mm-hmm. That's my blackness. Yeah. I make no yeah. apologies for mm-hmm. that. Um, so absolutely, I think I do uh, walk in my blackness. I love it as a leader. I love introducing myself to people. And when I say vice president, they kind of do a double take, mm-hmm. like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. where's right. the older yes. white man? Because that's what I normally would <laughs> yes. see. Yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it.
3: I love it too. I love it. And I love that you love it. <laughs> I'm here for this magic, black girl magic all the way. Okay. Lauren and James, do you think your blackness has had an impact on your
0: leadership? Sure. Yes. I, I agree with sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Same, same, yeah. same. Not much more to be said there. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's who I am. So absolutely. It's what, it's a story. Um, it's what I've been through and it's also what I'm uniquely positioned to do. And so, yeah, James, Yeah, I I
1: would say the same, like, you know, just inheriting the fact that that's part of my experience of being who I am as a black male, how would it not, you know, influence, you know, my leadership style or how I go about being who I am in the world. So Mm -hmm. it's just kind of ingrained And the same way that if I was a white male, that would have been the, you know, that would have been influenced by, you know, being a white male in my leadership style. So I think that's just inherent.
3: Yeah, no, for sure. So I've got two more questions before we wrap up this incredible experience that I've had with you powerhouses today. Something that Lauren said earlier was that, you know, we're basically in a club together. This is our community. You can see from a distance who is in this club, right? And when I think about you know, how alum can serve our community and be a safe haven for black professionals and black leaders to come and get that support and get that additional education that's designed for them by them it really speaks to the importance of relationship. Yeah. Really being able to lean on one another, ask questions. And I, like all of you said earlier, you know where can I get help? Who can I talk to? Um, who can help me navigate this situation? But one thing that I've learned in leadership is the impact and importance of relationships. Relationships, relationships, relationships. And in Milwaukee, I have learned that you know, the last six years that I've lived here, how critical and impactful relationships are. So I want you to share with everyone listening, what do you think is the most powerful tip that you could offer for managing relationships and maintaining a strong network?
2: The advice that I give anyone that is trying to move upward is never think that you're above anyone. Mm-hmm. Recognize mm-hmm. that tomorrow, that person who you were poo pooing on could be your next leader. Truth, <laughs> um, truth. We don't burn bridges. You, we don't have enough bridges to afford to burn any. That and maintain those relationships. It takes time and energy to maintain relationships, but it's worthwhile.
3: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Understanding that, that there are different ways to build relationships and listening. Uh, is important and being in service is important. Mm -hmm, So I think mm -hmm. I've met so many incredible people and developed so many great relationships through going through something with them or trying to build or create something with them. And so I don't see it as separate. Like, I don't see it as like, okay, I'm going to go to this networking event and then I'm going to go, you know, work on my project or I'm going to, you know, like it all needs, it's all networking. And someone always told me like, you're always interviewing. Like, this is Mm -hmm. all... This is all cyclical and when you're building relationships, I think just having that in the back of your mind is just that vulnerability and letting somebody get roll up their sleeves alongside you because like you said, nobody's higher or lower. Everybody's bringing something different and it's valuable And and if at any point you think that you're going to put something to the side you're missing what could be because okay. you're leaving that out of the equation mm-hmm. so i think you can always build every opportunity that you are with or even in those opportunities you choose not to be with people those that's you're building your relationship so just be conscious about that i think in all of your interactions with with humans
1: i would say making sure that you are intentional about making sure that your relationships are transactional and that they're mm-hmm. more long-term relationships yeah. Uh, because yeah. those are the ones that I think are more fruitful long-term mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. which requires a lot of listening, right? As mm-hmm. opposed yeah. to trying yeah. to figure Listen. out what you can get out that situation right. as opposed that. to understanding right. what, what they're looking for and how you can be of help so that long-term, that, that's, it's a longer, deeper yeah. relationship.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Practical and things that you can start doing this week, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that wisdom. What I shall do on Monday. And (laughs) these tips are practical. So my last and final question for each of you. You have been recognized by the president and vice president as leader of the year. You have given your thank you speech. You thank God. You thank your friends. You thank your family, significant others, all the things as the world watches you receive this highest honor. What have you got to share? (laughs)
1: <laughs> James is like, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> you kind of covered everything up top, so I don't know. I,
2: I, could, I could speak to that one. I would probably remind people to never forget. You mm. know, never forget where you came from and never forget how far we have to go. Because so I think of where I was as a young child, never, ever, ever could have envisioned where I am today. But I yeah. think it's also really important for us to remember that as a community, of black individuals, we still have so far to go. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So that would be my words of wisdom. Perfect. And mine come right on that, (laughs) right on that. I would say um, be the light because Mm -hmm. um, Amanda just left us with that challenge. Amanda Gorman just left us with that challenge. It was only about a month ago, so I'm sure we're still working on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And also I agree with her so much of what we want to create. We can start tomorrow, like you said, um, by being what we want. To see, especially as a leader, um, our, our actions are very important. That it's it's important that they're consistent with what we're saying, and then um, also like let's just quote more Black women and listen to some more Black women. So I'm gonna just elevate Amanda in that in, in my final words.
3: Yes, absolutely. And I, I think the thing that I'll lift up for everyone is that even if you're sitting at home and you. Have been waiting for that job opportunity to come your way or you're trying to elevate your brand in your organization or you just tried to negotiate and got shot down or you applied for that opportunity and they told you you're not qualified from whatever position you're sitting in standing in or laying in because you're trying to figure it out. You are a leader. And our charge and our call is to lead from every single seat that we sit in. Even if you don't have direct reports, you are still a leader. It begins with leading self, and leadership is influence. Even when you think people aren't watching, they are watching to see what you're going to do next. Honestly, Thank you so much to each and every single one of you, Shireen, Lauren, James, taking time out of your very busy schedules, braving Rona and braving the polar (laughs) vortex to come and sit with me and share your wisdom, your knowledge, your experiences and your stories. Because a lot of times when we navigate this thing called life, our stories impact other people. And so I'm glad that we all have a chance to learn a little bit more about each of you and how you're making an impact in the city of Milwaukee and beyond. It's been an absolute pleasure. Do any of you have any closing thoughts? Look it, we're Thank all you. full. Thank you we're very much. Thank full. you very much. Mm-hmm. It's been
1: mm-hmm. enjoyable.
3: Absolutely. Thank you so much. And remember, you're required to lead from every seat you sit in. This has been the Alum Black History Month podcast. Did you enjoy this episode of Alum Talks? Please share this episode with another incredible black leader. Rate this episode five stars and follow us on social media. We are on LinkedIn and Facebook as Alum, and Instagram as ALAM Milwaukee. Remember, that's A-A-L-A-M-I-L-W-A-U-K-E-E. And if you've got questions or a topic recommendation, email us at info at alammilwaukee.org. Alum, advancing leaders, accelerating change.